0: Good morning how are we okay I always do a mic check for myself Stephen you're doing amazing this morning man come on can we give Stephen just a little round of applause that team just there <laughs> met Stephen this morning he says I'm on sound and he's like I'm gonna try and keep it alive I think you're keeping it more than alive I'm feeling feeling the Holy Spirit so it's good I always do a mic check for myself and I do a mic check for the congregation as well so if you can hear me Just say amen. If we say Jesus is good, amen. amen. All the believers in the house say Jesus is good, amen. Amen. And all the non-believers say a woman. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Stephen, this is the stuff you cut me off out. okay? Just cut it out of the live stream. It is a privilege to be with you guys this morning. I come from Edinburgh originally. I'm from India. I got saved at the age of 17. I used to be a Hindu. I was not raised in a Christian household. And I live in Edinburgh, and we planted a church about a couple of years ago. Um, Actually, it's coming up for about two and a half, three years almost. And I live there with Bex and and my son, Ash. Now, this is the first time that I've been out of the city from Ash, okay? Ash is 17 months old. And he has made me more emotional than I have ever been in my life, okay? Yesterday, I was saying goodbye to him. And I'm like, Bex, he knows I'm going. I can tell. He's gonna miss his dad. (laughs) Bex is like, he'll be fine, get out, kind of thing, right? So I'm getting emotional. I'm seeing them pull away in the car, and I'm like, bye, my son, I'll see you soon. In all honesty, I've always been fairly emotional. If any of you have the um, unfortunate opportunity to watch my wedding video back, we were at the top table, and because I became a Christian when I was 17, I was disowned by my family because they were Hindu. They didn't want me to be a Christian. So I phoned my dad. I said, Dad, I'm a Christian now. He said, hey, if you're not, if you're not Hindu, you're not my son. God's been good. Seven, eight years after that, we were reconciled. They're still Hindu for now. And so I think when we look back to, to my wedding video, it was so emotional because my family wasn't there. It was all Bex's family. And that was after years of kind of turmoil and I'm sitting at the top table and people are giving speeches and I'm already emotional right because you got you know Bex's dad gives a speech and he's like my dad now you know because they raised me from like the age of 17 then Bex's bridesmaid she gives a speech and it's emotional as well my best man comes up to give a speech and I'm thinking this is it this is where I get a bit of respite because he's going to make a few jokes make everybody laugh he gets up and he says. I know that it's normal for the best man to get up and do a funny speech and pull, it, pull the leg of the groom and all that, but he says, I want to tell you just about how much I love my brother Nico. And he gives the most heartfelt, kind speech I've ever heard. It breaks me, right? Now, I'm mic'd up because I've got to do the speech next. Bex is sitting next to me. Bex leans over whilst I am in tears, and you can hear it on the video. She says, Pull yourself together. I said, <laughs> my goodness. I was like, it's my wedding. Am I not allowed to be emotional? Anyway, that's, that's the difference between me and Bex. And we have a rule in our house. I don't watch sad movies. And This doesn't happen. All right. We're not allowed to watch sad movies. If the movie is going to have a sad ending, we just turn it off. I was on a flight once and I decide to watch La La Land. Okay. And I'm halfway through watching it. Bex knows that I don't watch sad movies. And she turns to me, she says, you know, they don't end up together, right? Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, so they're luring us into a false sense of security here that this couple is going to live happily ever after. And they don't. So halfway through the movie, I turned to Bex in just utter disgust, thinking, well, why am I watching this movie then? Just turned it off. Because I want a choice of the ending. I want a choice of how things end in my life. Did you know you have a choice of how your life ends this morning? Did you know that? Hands up if you know. If you know, right? Turn to the person next to you and say, you get to choose. You get to choose. You get to choose. It doesn't matter how you started. It doesn't matter how you came in this morning. The power of Jesus means that you get to choose. You don't have to be a prisoner. You don't have to be a slave. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. And this morning, the message is called done with darkness. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm done with darkness. I'm done with darkness. Amen. I'm done with it, man. Darkness sucks, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Darkness sucks. You know what's good? The light. Yes. The light is good. Who's the light? Jesus. Jesus is our light. I'm done with darkness. And we pick up in Daniel 12 this morning. I love that. And he, a message them being like, hey, I'll preach on whatever you want. I didn't think he was going to pick the book of Daniel. <laughs> it's like he may give me a psalm or gospel or really anything i mean really next to this you the only thing worse would have been leviticus or revelation (laughs) that message saying yeah i don't want to preach on daniel anymore you can do it i'm just kidding i want to take a moment and just dan would you would you stand just first for a second is that all right this is your opportunity to stone dan i'm just joking right (laughs) few of you actually started reaching into your bags and no, I'm just I'm just kidding every person who's a church leader has it tough and there's different types of church leaders you do enough leadership courses you'll get to find that different leaders come in different personality types and forms let me tell you something that I know about Dan and this is why you are so blessed with this guy he is such a loving leader He is such a loving leader. This guy has such a shepherd's heart. Over the last few months, we've, you know, grown our friendship. But that friendship started with Dan saying, let me help you. I gain nothing from it. I just want to serve you. That's your leader. That's your pastor. That's the guy who stands here. And here's the thing. There's going to be, there's going to be, Dan, Dan, come on. Do you know what? pastors, right, are horrible at taking encouragement. No, no, that's enough, that's enough. Give me some more criticism. Give me some more scrutiny. And then they sit at home going, I never get any encouragement. <laughs> There's going to be days where you want a pastor who is, you know, doing something else, working differently, approaching things differently. But let me tell you this, you cannot find a better leader than one who loves you. Because when he loves you, he will lay his life down for you. And just hearing the way that Dan speaks about you guys, the way that he looks to lay his life down. He's got three kids. I've got one kid, and I want to give up church. I don't know how this guy's doing it. (laughs) All right? Him and Rachel, the way that he speaks about his wife, is is telling a lot about a man. The way he honors her and says, she enables me to come and serve you. So it's not just Dan. It's Dan and Rachel. Because Rachel, she shares her husband with the church. And it's one of the most difficult things to do. We're not done yet. Dan's like, come on, let me go. Would you stretch out your hand? We're gonna pray for this amazing guy right here. Father, I wanna thank you for this man of God. I wanna thank you for his life, for his faithfulness. I wanna thank you for his love for this church, Lord God. I pray you would bless him in his leadership, bless him with people around him who are for him, Who care for him as he cares for them i pray lord god in this church that dan would bring a sense of unity like never before a vision imparted that would take jubilee to the next level and father god that he would bring a sense of family that he is longing for to see in this church that it would not only flow in here into hull and into regions beyond bless him bless him and rachel and their marriage bless the kids keep them lord god bless them shine your face upon them we pray this in Jesus name amen amen Amen. one more round of applause for this guy (laughs) you ever want to make a pastor squirm just encourage him all right that's 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 the best way they sit there going no I meant to do the encouraging not you who says yeah he said yeah he said yeah that's right I'm going to take you through Daniel 12 real quick I had something planned for this morning and I was in the prayer meeting with uh, Phil and Debbie and and Lee. We were praying and and I'm feeling like it's the worst thing that happens to a pastor when God says, you know that thing that you prepped? (laughs) You ain't doing it. And I'm fighting against it. Phil comes over, puts his hands, one on my chest and one on my back. He's praying. He says, Lord, even if you don't want Nico to use his notes this morning, you just let that happen. And I was like... (laughs) It's like Phil, don't confirm what God's saying to me. <laughs> then I have to listen to him. Why are you doing that? So thanks, Phil. I really appreciated that. I'm gonna take you through Daniel 12 real quick. We're gonna find out what's going on here, and then I want to speak into, into the heart of Jubilee. Something that I feel is for you guys in this season. And before I do that, before I pray, gosh, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. As much anybody else, anyone else, just come on. He's here, right? He's here. There's something happening. There's something starting. If you ain't feeling it, open yourself up now, because when you do, it's going to be awesome. So come on. Let's open up. We ready? Casey, I feel like God is saying you are going to be marked by joy in your life. People are going to look at your life, and they're going to say, this guy, I want to follow Jesus because of his joy. He's going to mark you with a divine, supernatural joy that no one else has seen before. Where's Tim? Tim, where are you? Tim, you have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that is going to help people around you. Don't forget that when he speaks to you, you are going to lead other men into a place where they can be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Women, they're sensitive, right? Let's be honest about it. Look at all the women. They're like, shut up. You can't say that. <laughs> women are a little bit more sensitive. But that helps them when it comes to God because they're listening. Men, we're always talking, right? We always have to have the last word. Any, any wives around here who agree? Okay, there's a few that went up way too quickly there. That's all right. We can pray for you later. Tim, I feel that God has given you a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that is going to help other guys. Trust that. Casey, can't wait to see more of that smile. All right? Don't tell your wife I said that. Right. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into this scripture. Father God, I want to thank you for this church. I want to thank you that you're here already. Lord, you're here because you want to do something new. You're here because you want to break through. You're here, Lord, because you love this church. You love Hull. And I pray right now, Lord God, that even as we are here speaking your name, as we are reading your word, that every heart here would know your love in a new way. I pray, Father God, that your love would be so tangible here that the people who are walking out on the street past this building, that they would feel your love reach out and draw them in. I pray, Father God, the love here of God would be so powerful it would flow into the streets, Lord God. There's a a sign outside that says that Santa parade is going to block off the streets. I pray, Lord God, that the Spirit of God would pour out so, so much that there would be no blockage, nothing, no signs, no one that can stop him. So, Lord God, come. Do your work here. Take hold of my voice. I pray, Lord, would you remove my agenda, my opinions, my pride. I am just a vessel, Lord, of your kingdom. Would you take hold of my voice and use me for your glory this morning, Lord? We wanna know you, we wanna hear you. We want you to do something new this morning, Jesus. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Daniel's a difficult book. Dan, amen? Amen, yeah. You read Daniel, you read the chapter and you think, yeah, that's all cool. But then you walk away and go, I have no idea what that means. That's cool. It's all right. So I'm going to very quickly tell you what's going on here. Okay. Let's try and just knock it out of the park in that way. And then we're going to go into what I really feel for you guys as a church. It starts off, this is weird. It starts in, 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 in verse one, but actually, verse one in, in chapter 12 is a continuation of chapter 11. Why they've added that break in, I will not know, because it kind of ruins it a little bit. It kind of doesn't make sense. You're like, wait, it look, seems like there's already a vision going on. There is. This is a continuation. It says, at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has, has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever but you daniel shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase so what's going on here first thing we need to know is that the the the, the people that god is speaking to here Israel, okay? This is a prophecy about Israel, right? But there is parts in this which impact non-Jews. What does it mean? It says there's going to be a time in the future where there is going to be great distress over the nation of Israel, over the Jews, And it says it will be a time that has never been seen before. This time will be so much pain and suffering in Israel that it's non-comparable. Now, for us, sitting in modern-day history, we kind of think, no way. If we know our history, you remember what happened in the World War, right? You remember how the Jews were treated at that time. And yet, here it says that there's going to come a time of such distress that no one has ever seen before. But God gives some good news. The gospel is good news, right? He says, your people will be delivered. Your people will be delivered. At that time, it says that there will be those who are raised from the dead, some of them to everlasting life and some of them to shame and contempt. What it's talking about here. Is what we know as the rapture. We hear that word around, right? What does rapture mean? Rapture means to be caught up. Caught up where? In the sky. With who? With Jesus, right? Who's going to get caught up in the sky with Jesus? We are. are. Congratulations, you made it. All right. So that's our promise. It's going to happen. What's going to What's going to cause this suffering? What's going to cause this distress and this pain? Let's read on. It says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand, and his left hand towards heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time times and half a time and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end all these things would be finished for me that's like asking somebody what's the time and they say it's three freckles past the hair what does that what does that mean a time a times and half a time what does that mean Three and a half years. Dan, you've been teaching well. Everybody already knows this. Why am I here? No, I'm just kidding. Three and a half years, right? Because we know that when it talks about the 70 weeks of Daniel, remember, that if, if you've been part of this series already, you'll remember that this prophecy, this vision, it consists of 70 weeks. But we know that the week is not a week. It's actually seven years, right? So 70 times seven years. And it, this is picking up in the final seven years. The 70th week, that's where we are right now. 69 weeks have done, right? And what happened in those weeks? Well, the kingdoms have come and gone, and then we have the age of the church. That's where we are right now. So guess what? The next thing is the 70th week. So this applies to all of us right now, because this 70th week is coming, and it's going to be marked by who we know as the Antichrist. We heard that name before. Now, this prophecy here is short-term and long-term. Back here, it applies to a guy called Antiochus Epiphanes. Have we we been there? We haven't been there. That's all right. That's okay. I'm not going to go into a full history lesson about it. But Antiochus Epiphanes was a type of antichrist. And he would set up, I'm just trying to find the verse here. Uh, Where is it? Um, The time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up. So if you go down to verse 11, this is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes. What happens is Antiochus Epiphanes came and he hated the Jewish people. And so what he did was he stopped the regular sacrifice in Jerusalem, okay? He said, no more sacrifice to God. And then he goes and he sets up what's called the abomination of desolation. Do you know what he did? He takes a pig, he sacrifices it on the altar of God in Jerusalem. And then he sets up an idol, not of God, not of himself, but of Zeus. Do you know why Zeus? Because Antiochus Epiphanes was a sandwich or a picnic. He thought that he was actually God. He thought that he was Zeus incarnate. But this was just a glimpse of what was going to come. The Antichrist who comes, he will win over the favor of the Jews. He will make a covenant with them. He will say, I am for you. I will bring peace. I will bring prosperity. And it says after a time, a times and half a time, that's when things get bad. Because after three and a half years, he will break the agreement. And he will come down like a ton of bricks on Israel. And they will see distress and suffering like never before. But God is faithful. Because he says, your people, they will be delivered. Three and a half years, he breaks the agreement. Three and a half years after that of suffering, what happens at the end of seven years? Jesus, Jesus, he's our hope. He's our hope, right? Amen? It says, I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, is everybody understanding me right now? Are we cool? Daniel 12, my goodness, Dan, you gotta give me a break. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 12, uh, sorry, 1290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1,335 days, but go your way till the end and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Just gonna like wrap that all up for you real quick, okay? What he's saying is, Daniel, you know what you need to know now, okay? I've given you the prophecy. Don't get into the finer details of it because it's not for you to know. It's shut up, it's sealed, it will happen, We got a lot of people sitting around in churches and around in the the Christian world who are trying to calculate exactly when Jesus is coming back. That is a waste of time. That's not for us to know. That's not what we're meant to be doing. We're not meant to be saying, this is when Jesus is coming back. We're meant to be telling people, by the way, Jesus is coming back, right? That's how we should be spending our time. And he says, Daniel, go away. I've told you what you need to know. And sometimes we, in our Christian lives, God will tell us something, and we say, God, I'm not moving until you give me the details of this. And he says, I've told you what you need to know, now go your way. Are we a people of faith that when God says something, we just move? Or do we stand there and say, God, you owe me the detail. You owe me the detail. God doesn't owe us anything. That's the point, right? That's why grace is amazing, because you didn't owe us it. We didn't deserve it. He just gave us it. We need to be a people of faith. When God says go, we go. When he says this is going to happen, say, okay, God, that's going to happen. Right? There's promises that have been spoken over Jubilee, maybe currently, maybe previously. Are you looking for the detail? Are you waiting to find out when? Are you moving? Because you are moving in expectation. God, if you said that, it's going to happen here. You want to fill out this room? All right, let's do it are you sitting there going, well, we still got one, two, three, four, five. I don't know how we're going to do this, God. I don't know how we're going to do this. God can do it. He can do it. But he needs a people who go their way. When he speaks, we move. Yeah? Yeah? Now, this is where I come. I mean, I say I come off my notes. I don't have any notes here. But this is where I come completely off my notes. Here's what I have for you this morning. And what I feel God was speaking to me in the prayer meeting I believe that there are people here who have not yet overcome the darkness okay i believe there are people here that have not overcome the spiritual darkness which resides over us that would be sin and death i believe there are people here who have not come overcome personal darkness whether it be addiction, trauma, worries, financial issues. And I believe that God is asking us as a people to move, to move from darkness into light. You see, Daniel, he was sitting away from home. He was in exile. He was pulled out, and he was sitting in Babylon. That was not his home. He was sitting in a place of darkness. And yet, he was a light. He was a light within that darkness. This morning, I believe there are people here who can be a light in the darkness. And I want to pick up three types of people here. And I don't know you guys, right? And Dan might never invite me back, but that's all right. I still love him. He has to come up to Edinburgh to preach anyway, so he can get me back then. I believe there's three types of people here. The first one, I believe there are people here who are stuck in the darkness. Stuck in the darkness. Daniel was an exile, why? Because Jerusalem had been destroyed first by Babylon. Right now he's sitting under Medo-Persian rule, right? First we have I'm, I'm I'm assuming that the vision has been kind of fulfilled. We We see, we start with the Babylonians, the Medes and Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. Right now, we're in Persia, right? That's where we're sitting right now. And Daniel has been sitting under the rule of darkness for so many years. 70 years, he's been sitting there under the rule of darkness. And he's stuck. Do you know why? It's not because of something he's done, but because of his enemies that come up against him. There will be moments that there is darkness over your life, not because of something that you've done, but because of something that someone else has done to you. Maybe life has done to you. Maybe things that have come across you, and you have just been stuck in that place of darkness. And God is saying, it's time. It's time to move from that darkness into the light. you got to say, I'm done with darkness. I'm done with darkness. That mistake I made, I'm done with it. That thing that that person said to me, I'm done with it. The, the, the broken dreams, the hurt, the pain that's been there in the past, I'm done with it. Are you done? Is anybody, anybody else here done with it? I'm done with the darkness. I, I'm done with it. And I believe God is calling us as a people to be done with it. I'm not stuck in darkness anymore. You know why? Because I've got Jesus. And he promises here, he promises deliverance for his people. If there have been things that are coming up against you right now, God promises you deliverance. That's his promise. If there have been things that have been holding you in your past, God promises you deliverance. Deliverance if there are things that are stopping you from moving for God in the fullness of your life, God promises you deliverance. There is deliverance. There is power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you? <laughs> I love that. You really do. I love that. I was expecting you not to say anything, but you believe it. We believe it. It'll happen because God is faithful to his word. There is deliverance. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I want, for those of you right now sitting there, you're thinking, this addiction is holding on to me right now. I want to tell you that this morning, there is the opportunity for deliverance. If there are things from the past that are holding you right now, mistakes you've made, names you've been called, things that you've been told, there is deliverance this morning in the name of Jesus. If there have been financial debts or things that are holding you to the past and you just can't let go, you keep looking back in the mirror and you think, I'm still that person. God says, the old has passed away, the new has come. There is deliverance today, this morning, in the name of Jesus. Are you with me still? Anybody else excited about the Holy Spirit? I said, anybody else excited about the Holy Spirit? Come on. Come on, he's good, huh? He does amazing things. First thing, some of you are stuck in darkness because of things that have come against you. The second one, this is a little bit more complicated. For you churchgoers out there, this is gonna upset you a little bit. Dan, you okay if I upset people? Yeah, you're fine with it, right? Is it, there's some of us who are stuck in darkness. There's others who, of us who are sitting in darkness. You are sitting in darkness in darkness what good is a light bulb plugged in in a dark room that isn't switched on it's just sitting there it's not doing anything it is being overcome by the darkness but jesus says i will not be overcome by the darkness i will overcome it myself and it's the very people who say yeah jesus lives in me does he why are you switched off why are you sin in darkness then What's going on? We get bored, we get tired, life's tough. Yes. But God promises, not that he will remove us from the trial, but he will give us the things that we need to get through the trial. We need to switch on. We're not gonna sit there in the darkness and wallow. We're not gonna sit there in the darkness and say, this is my portion, not at all. My portion is not the darkness. My portion is the light. Jesus gives me a double portion, triple portion, an abundant portion of light. That's my portion. Is that your portion? Yeah? yeah? Turn to the person and say, that's your portion. Some of you decide not to say it. That means that you don't want that to happen to the other person. I think I heard some of you say, that's my portion. That's not yours. <laughs> some of us greedy for Jesus. That's all right. Some of us are sitting in Darkness. We have decided it is a conscious choice that we are making to sit and do nothing about the darkness in our lives. The darkness of sin, some of us are stuck there. I know I'm sinning. I don't want to change. There's nothing that puts out a light faster than sin. Just like that because you don't feel worthy of doing God's work. You can't even turn and look at God, never mind speak to him, never mind hear his voice, never mind make a difference in your nation, because you're stuck, you're sitting, you're not doing anything. And for some of us, I'm sitting there in my resentment, in my bitterness, in my pride, in my opinions, in my agenda. We got lots of people, right, sitting in the church pews one moment, it's like, I raise a hallelujah. And then they sit back down and go, ah, oh, great, he's preaching again. Great. <laughs> Not Dan, obviously, he's just talking about me. Resentment, bitterness. God says, go forgive your brother first, then come back to me. Right? There's things that we're sitting, we're just marinating in this gross stuff in the darkness. And God wants to turn the light on. He wants to turn the light on in your life. Because when he turns the light up in your life, you will not only dispel the darkness that you've been sitting in, you will be a light to others, to the people in this church, to the city that you love. Hull needs that light. There's no point in going from a dark room to another dark room. There's just no point. You want to get people off that street into a family? You've got to show them what family is. If their family, if, if, if your family in here looks like the family out there, they're not going to come in here. They say, why would I come in here where I'm given rules, I have to serve, sometimes I have to give my money. By the way, it's important to give some money as well, yeah? But it's, why would I do all of that when I can just be out there and live, life, live my life the way I want to? It's broken out there. I can just stay out there. We need people Who are living in the light, loving in the light, not sitting there in darkness and saying, somebody else, hey, someone else turn the lights on. God has called you individually this morning. Sue brought a word. You are known. Do you know why you are known? Because you are chosen. Do you know why you are chosen? You are chosen to be the light of the world. That's why you're chosen, not to sit in the dark not to wallow, not to be bitter and resentful and look at your own life and say, oh, woe is me, I didn't get my coffee this morning. Oh, I wish they could do a set list that I really like. Oh, we're gonna do Daniel 12 and there's this brown guy who's come to preach. Oh, man, you know. Is that where we're at? Is that where we're at? Or do we say, every time I walk into a room, every time I walk into my family, I light the place up. I light the place up with the love of Jesus. See, if every single person in this room did that, you would start to see revival in this city. We talk about prayer being a hallmark of revival. We talk about conviction being a hallmark of revival. I don't know why we ignore unity. Yeah. You want to see revival in hell? There's to be revival here, yeah. in this place, in your family. And that means showing a love that they can't get out there. A divine kind of love that only comes from above. Are you with me? Is that all right? Is that okay? Dan, you want to cut me out? Are you okay? You're yeah, all right. Okay, cool. Dan's like, I'm going to have so many emails after this. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh, oh. I think it's really important as well just to, to know, as I'm preaching to you and as I have this word, I don't know anything about your church. Okay? And, and you need to know that. Phil and Dan have not sat me down and said, okay, this is what I want you to indirectly say this morning. Okay? Otherwise, I would have some other things. No, I'm just joking. This is what I feel the Holy Spirit is bringing for you. This is not pre-planned, as you can tell. What time is it? How are we doing for time? We've only got one more thing. Is that all right? Okay. If you guys get bored, just just feel. There's two doors. you You know, Actually, these ones as well, but I'll stare at you if you walk at these ones. (laughs) Some of us are stuck in darkness. Some of us are sitting in darkness. You know what's really incredible about Daniel? Is that he wasn't stuck in the sense that he would be stuck there forever because God promised him deliverance. Kingdom after kingdom after kingdom come. He'll say, I'm going to deliver your people. You're not only going to be delivered from the problems that you see here, you are going to be delivered from your sin, from death, from pain, from affliction. That's a promise of the gospel that what we see happening here, the brokenness that we experience here will not last. We will be taken up to heaven. We will have eternal life with God after we die. I've got a guy in in our church who's a Chinese guy who's just come to the faith. And I said to him, on the first day we started doing discipleship, I said, Jonathan, if you die tonight, you're going to heaven? He said, I don't know, man. I said, do you believe in Jesus? He says, yeah. I said, then why are you telling me you don't know? The second week I asked him, I said, Jonathan, you die tonight, you going to heaven? He says, I, th- I think so. I think he's trying to work out what's the right answer, pastor. Tell me already. I said, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yeah, I do. I said, so why are you, why are you doubting? This morning, I'm going to ask you the same question. If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we are. That's the promise. I asked Jonathan just there on Friday, I saw him. I said, Jonathan, you die tonight, you're going to heaven? He says, yes, I am. I said, yeah, you are. I'll see you when I get there, as long as, you know, God doesn't change his mind on me. I think there's a few of us who so might, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Daniel sits there. And he doesn't just wait, he is a light in the dark. we see his life, the way he plays out, in those moments where he should be nothing, where he should be persecuted, where he should be oppressed, where he should give up, where he should just quit and just do his daily job and ignore everything around him, what happens? He gets promoted time and time and time again. This boy, this teenager from Jerusalem, Who's now leading the pagan magi in Babylon? What? You kidding me right now? Did you know that that is possible for your life? As long as you're not stuck in the darkness, as long as you're not sitting in the darkness, you can shine. You can shine in the darkness. Anybody here want to shine? Some of us here are shining, and let me tell you something. Some of you are shining for the right reasons this morning, OK? Gary, where are you? Look at this blazer, right? Shining for the right reasons. My friend in the turtleneck, look at this. Shining for the right reasons. That's what you call swag right there. Casey, you're looking good. Dan, you're, you're, you're cool too. We want to shine. Man, we need to shine. Because there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of darkness out there. I walk in the streets of Hull, I can feel my heart breaking. Because there's darkness. And I know that there's only one name that can save. It's the name of Jesus. And there's only one place that that name is going to come from. It's from the church. It's from us. So we can either be stuck in the darkness... And we can say, nope, my addictions are going to get better of me. Nope, my past is going to get the better of me. Nope, all these things are going to get better of me. And say, no, actually, God, there is no power that can stand against your name. Or we can be sitting there in darkness and saying, I can't believe that person said that to me. I'm just going to switch my light off. I can't believe that the pastor would do that. I'm going to switch my light off. I can't believe that they changed the brand of coffee they use in church. I'm going to switch my light off. You're laughing. <laughs> Man, church gets tough sometimes. Yeah. I spoke to Helen, who's coming up now this morning, who's clearly having a difficult time. And Helen, we're praying for you. I said, Helen, what do you love, you know, about, about this church? And Helen then just reels off a list of things that she loves about this church. She's not stuck, she's not sitting. Wouldn't it be easy for Helen to come this morning and say, I'm having a hard time? Because I'm having a hard time, everybody should have a hard time. You ever been in those people's company? I call them mood hoovers. (laughs) They walk in, and it's like all the joy is just sucked out of the room. A fun sponge as well, that's a good one, I'll use that later. I'll credit you in my next preach. Let me ask you this this morning. There's two questions I have for you. If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? If, you're, if you don't know, it means that you should be scared of the dark, right? When we die, what happens? Everything switches off and everything goes dark. But for Christians, it doesn't. It goes light. We are faced not with eternal darkness, but inter- eternal life. That's, that's, our, that's our future. And if you want that this morning, it's super easy. No strings attached. Did any of you pay the five pound entry fee this morning to church? No, no you didn't. I, I'll get it from you later. Church, it's free. We were doing some outreach in Edinburgh on the street. People came up to us and said, why are you giving out free stuff? We said, we're a church. We just want to love people. They said, oh, you're a church. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Of course, you're going to give out free stuff. That's what Christians do. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. He gave us freely. So this morning, if you're worried, if you think, actually, if I die tonight, I don't know where I'm going, this morning, make the decision and say, Jesus, I don't want to be scared of the darkness. I want to be looking forward to the light. I'm not stuck in darkness anymore. I'm done. I'm done with darkness. The second question I wanna ask you is when you walk into this room, when you walk into church, when you walk into your workplace, your family, do you bring darkness or do you bring light? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Do you bring darkness? or do you bring light will you stand with me I want to make a call this morning. For those of you who do not know Jesus, and you have been living in darkness, you have been stuck under the weight of your sin and mistakes, the trauma, or you have been sitting in darkness, just living in unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness. If either of those two apply to you, I'm gonna pray for you right now. Dan, do we have people to pray? Yeah. If you're someone who can can pray for people, can you just come come to the front here? Because we're just gonna we're gonna be ready for that. Right here. If you've been in that place, I'd encourage you, as we worship, come down to the front. Come here and get some prayer. Don't be stuck in the darkness. Don't be sitting in the darkness. Let Jesus release forgiveness over your life this morning. Let yourself release forgiveness over your situations. Bring reconciliation in your life, not only to God, but to the people that you exist within family. It can happen this morning, but you need to make the call in your life. You need to say, I'm done. I'm done with darkness. I'm done with this. This is not who I want to be. This is not how I want to end. This is not how I want to live. I don't want the darkness anymore. I want the light. Give me the light, Jesus. Give me the light. If you want the light, come and get prayer. The second thing, not only for those of you who want to leave the darkness, but those of you who want to be the light. Making a call to you this morning a call that you can change, a call that you can change your family, you can change the city. If you belong to Jubilee Church, and you are ready to be the light in this family, to bring life to every connect group. To every Sunday morning, to every time you meet someone here, I'm asking you, would you come forward now? If there is a part of you that says, Lord, I want to be the light in my family, I'm asking you to come forward. And we'll wait. Because God's calling people out. Say, come on forward. You want to be the light to your family? Let's come forward and get some prayer. If we're going to change the city of Hull, we have to change what's in here first. We're going to be the light in here so that we can take the light out there. We're going to go back into worship. I encourage you, if any of those things are for you, Come forward get prayer, don't wait till tomorrow do it now